Welcome to another episode of La Ventanita. I'm your co-host, Carlos Frias, the food editor at the Miami Herald, and I'm here every week with Amy Reyes at Miami.com. How you doing, Carlos? We're back We've been at gone it. a while. How was your We're, vacay? Uh, it was less vacay than it was uh, stuff I had to get done for my kid. Um, I, she was at some program up in Georgetown. Uh, and, uh, and I went to go pick her up and then she's like, Hey, let's look at some colleges while we were up here. So I ended up driving to Pennsylvania in the driving rain, uh, in the driving rain to go see some schools. Um, and, uh, and I have a, a nephew up there or a little cousin who just graduated from Penn. So we hung out with him and got to see Penn and got to hang in Philly a little bit. Uh, I did like probably the best thing I did was I did kind of a call out on Twitter. Cause you know, we're, we have a lot of friends and frenemies uh in philly uh, <laughs> right because uh you know like we we get back and forth um uh with stephanie farr and uh and uh, uh craig leban who's the food editor up at the philly Inquirer. um and i was just like hey i'm in philly for a couple days you know i probably have like i probably have like five meals here where am i eating <laughs> what should they be what'd you do where'd you eat um, you know what? We we stayed in Chinatown, so we mm-hmm. ended up eating. And which, by the way, it's a very rich, robust Chinatown. I I'd never been to to Philly other than just passing through, you know, changing planes or something. And it's a very robust um, uh, Chinatown, and so they have a lot of great options. So we end up ended up eating like amazing dumplings and uh, dim sum. Uh, we ended up at a Thai place, you know, which is you know. Kind of, a, we, it turned out it was one of the nominated for one of the best new restaurants. Ooh. And and so, yeah, it's funny. We were in Philly and like the least impressive thing I had was a cheesesteak that was supposed to, <laughs> like, it was supposed to be at a place that was like really good and it was fine. I mean, it was, I'm not, I'm not going to get mad at it. It was fine. But the most interesting food I had was like a selection of Asian food, Peking duck. I mean, it was fantastic. So I can't imagine ever wanting to eat a, a Philly cheesesteak. Like, it just sounds like a combination that is just like, no, for me. No, but that for you personally, but that is <laughs> for your me personally, but that's your people's food. It's like cheese melted over, over shredded beef. That's like the, that's like the, the Midwesterners. That's the, that's, that's in your wheelhouse. I would, I would rather just have like turkey and Swiss. Just keep it, keep it. Turkey and Swiss. <laughs> turkey and Swiss. I'd rather just have a turkey and Swiss. Cause like, that sounds like if you eat a Philly cheesesteak, your next trip better be home. Like you better just be going your back next, to your house. Your next trip better be home with <laughs> yes. your with your your diagnosed WGS. Yeah. Oh my white god. Speaking stomach. of speaking of the white girl stomach, yeah. dude. I have gone. You know how I can't change. How I don't improve. <laughs> You're like I'm gonna do better. Uh-huh. I can't. I try to do better, but I don't. You know how I have all these dangerous hobbies that generally lead to to no good. Well, I went swimming at Hobie Beach which is the place where all the triathletes swim. And you know, my organism is very sensitive. Well, I don't know yes. what I swallowed <laughs> Oh no! in this beach, but I was right in the struggle bus for two You weeks. had the amoebas, you had the amoebas. Oh my God, man. I told you, I had, I had the, the, the tri-beach amoebas. Like oh, I, no. I literally just turned the corner on this stomach situation that I had for the past two and a half, like week and a half, I would say. It was like a week and a half. I just turned the corner like yesterday. Today, I'm starting to feel like a normal person. I was like all bloated and stuff. So the only reason why I'm telling you this is because we had to go eat at a food hall because Connie is doing a whole like rediscovering Miami's food halls. And so we went right. to to, a, to one of them. There was nothing that I could palate <laughs> at this food you just, hall. You're like, anything I eat here will make me worse. 
Exactly. And so I was literally like doing like a, like, the, like a food, I was doing like when you go to a, um, when you go to a food festival and you're like, I'll take a bite and then I'll like chuck it. Spit, and it, spit out, it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I did that. Like I was you have like, a little, me, you have a little spit bucket for your, for your food. Yeah. Let me try this taco and spit it out. So yeah. But Connie, cookie, Connie's cookie monsters, to... cookie monster style where you, oh, wah, 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 yeah, no, but nothing no, goes I in. couldn't do any of that stuff. Connie's about to have us eating a lot though, because she's got a, a lot of food halls to visit this summer and um, I need to prepare my stomach. I did invest in some Pepto and I really oh, think it worked. You. Yeah, oh, I think it you. worked. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to this summer because since things always slow down by their nature in summer a little bit, um, as far as restaurant openings and everything else. So I'm, I'm really interested in seeing, getting to a lot of those food halls with her, you know, and like yeah. helping her eat that food and see how they've come. Because I remember she had that great story where she ranked them. Yeah, you know, and I'm curious to see whether they whether how they stack ranking, up now. Yeah, whether whether they are still where the, where we thought they were a couple of years. Yeah, ago. I think also the, the a good question is like, are we done with? Are are we kind of like over the hump? Like, is it a trend that's gonna keep going, or like, are we are we still there? Have we reached peak food hall? You know, so I think um, that'll be a fun thing to explore too, because a lot of the places that were really really good inside some of Miami's major food halls kind of just graduated, and now they have their own you know places. Or spots, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, or or some of them just kind of fall by the wayside. Like the the food hall we went to was um Alton Food Hall, mm-hmm. and like they have like a Popeyes, you know, yeah, and a Wingstop. <laughs> so see, that to me, that to me is the raising the white flag on the food halls. It's like when to me it's very much like food trucks, right? Like at first right. you had these chefs with some kind of renown. Like I want to say Lorena Garcia had. Uh, or no, somebody had a, had a, a food truck called Latin Latin Burger, and I can't remember the name. Of it. Anyway, uh, but it was like these well these better known chefs doing kind of elevated food and small yeah. quantities, you know. And they were in the food trucks, and then you turn around one day and there was like a funnel cake food truck, and that right. was the white flag. Well, you know the the thing, thing about that happen. that Alton Road or that Alton Food Hall too is it's like when you get in there you feel like there's more going on than than just what you see, and then they mm. have this other space where you go. And they're like, did you not like any of these guys? You can order from here too. And then I remembered your story and I was like, oh Jesus, they have a ghost kitchen upstairs. Yeah, yeah. It's basically so, it's basically a ghost kitchen to begin with. And then they were like, hey, we some, should we should serve some people while we're here. Yeah, there's some yeah. front facing ghost kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think that's also a function of like real estate prices being ridiculous here. So oh, it's yeah, like, for sure. It's like you have to you have to make the most of the space that you're in, right? Like these people mm-hmm. are doing the they're doing the the ghost kitchen. They're doing a front facing. They're doing takeout and delivery. You know, it's whatever, you know, whatever they can yeah, do. Yeah, they should bring. They could bring in a juggler. They could, you know, have a DJ. I mean, they might as well just make it a one stop shop. You know. Well, so. you know, the good thing that I have turned the corner on the white girl stomach is because mm-hmm. I am officially a foodie insider. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Guess what happened? What happened was what happened was I got invited to Burger Beast super exclusive, super secret. I'm not even going to tell you where we're going to eat Burger Club and it's it's meeting tonight and I'm invited. So I have to be able to consume food. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be there. Uh Burger like Burger Beast, uh you know, I we didn't. I didn't really write about this because it's hard to write about a burger club where only twenty people. Oh, are no, like you, you can't write about it. It's like, like it's, the first rule of Burger Club is we don't write about, can't burger, talk club. about burger Club. <laughs> no, you can't write about Burger Club. But just like Por Arribita, he does like he does these events, you know, kind of once a month, and and he invites, you know, burger people from like around the country. So even if he's hosting it at one place, like I think he did one at his restaurant, the one that he he's a part owner in uh, Crackers. 
he'll invite a chef from like I don't know you know Vermont or something you know and they'll and they'll do an event so uh so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna I as well am going to go to the burger club today yes I am gonna go to the burger club I'm very excited well I am too and I'm even more excited because I don't have to leave Kendall (laughs) you know everything is coming up Kendall these days it is yes it's gonna be amazing that be honest if it wasn't in Kendall would you be going to this I mean, I would go to the Gables, the Grove, like, that's it. I think that's, that's as far as I would go. I have like a, a, a yeah, a radius of like how right. far I would go. I would go to, I would go to Flagami. I would go all the way to, I'd probably go to Little Havana. I don't know if I would make that left and go north to go to the design district or Winwood or anything like that. I'm, I'm not sure if I would do all that, but I would, yeah. I would go to Gables, Grove, Little Havana, Flagami. It has to be, it has to be close enough to get back to Wichetti. your own bathroom. Yes, like, exactly. <laughs> anything that's like anything I can take the 874 to, I would go. <laughs> Kendall's secret highway? My secret highway, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the secret highway that only Kendall knows about. Mhm. Yeah. We had a lot of stuff going on this week. Um, you know, obviously we didn't have a show last week uh because, you know, I was, I was traveling a little bit uh and taking a little bit of a brain break. Uh but it turned out that uh the the food podcast the Sporkful, which has a big national audience and uh, Dan Pashman is their host. They they actually did an episode on on Miami's Ventanitas and me and like my search for for the first one and and we talked about my dad who was a who was a, a cafe owner in Cuba and it was like that was the big thrust of the show. So I kind of pointed for folks towards that and I and I do that today. Like that that episode I think turned out really well. Um, so I think you know if you haven't heard it, I, I tell folks to go go check it out. Uh, to look for the sporkful, like you know, a spork, something between a knife and a, or, or a spoon and a, a fork. A spoon and a fork. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, they he did. Won a, he won a really James Beard this year, didn't he? He did. He did. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think the the two times that Dan and I have gone to these events, well, I mean, that we've been nominated together, uh, we have both won. So I'm hoping to be nominated with Dan again in the future. At some nice. Point. That'd I was gonna nice. say, if, if nice. they don't nominate him, you might as well just stay home. Yeah. No, that's it. Oh, he's not nominated. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's nah. gonna turn out badly. Not my year. But it, that was it was a really good show. Like, um, it's funny that, you know, we managed to talk about a lot of things there, you know, about just like Miami food culture, the cafecito culture. And we talked about my dad and my dad, you know, it was my dad's murder uh, a couple of years ago. And and really it was that like that grieving process that led me down this path. Like it was a summer and it was that first summer of COVID. And we were all mm-hmm. like like there was so much looming pressure. And I don't know, that to me was an outlet. Like I something about discovering the first Ventanita, you know, I was thinking I was looking at this old photo of my dad um, that they used as part of their show, this old black and white photo. He's standing in the middle of his of his little cafe in Cuba, drinking his coffee. And uh, and it just sent me down this path, like, why did Miami why is Miami the only place that has these ventanitas, these coffee mm-hmm. ventanitas? And, you know, that was it was a real it was a part of my grieving process and uh, I remember when you were working on that too because it was it was during COVID when there was like not a lot going on and I don't know if everybody else knows this about Carlos but Carlos likes to get in to something like he likes to go into the mine and like pull out all the rocks and look at them for a while and then put them in order (laughs) like and that's what he did with the that's what he did with the Ventanita story he went in the the mine and he was like Amy can we buy these photographs from this archive because I really think it would enhance the story so like he was just like really really deep dive into that and it was it it came out amazing and I mean you literally found the guy who claims that he invented you know Miami's first Ventanita, Ventanita which is like you know an iconic part of our culture now 
Yeah. And and I remember thinking at some point, that was a heavy I mean, it's it's an understatement to say it was a heavy summer. But I remember telling you something like, if I can't just work on this for a couple of weeks, I think I'm going to have to take a sabbatical. I think I'm going to have to quit. <laughs> because like my mind was so full of things, of big, serious things. And I was like, I just need to think about this one thing. You no, know, Carlos, and, Carlos uh, did the like, Amy, how many times can I write the story about how bad restaurants are struggling? I need, to, <laughs> I need, I need something to, else. I need something else to focus on too. I remember yeah. it was it was rough. We've had a rough two summers, bro. It's anyway. Not, it's not an over. It's not an understatement at all to say that. Yeah. Well, you know who had a rough Fourth of July? <laughs> golden rule. The golden rule. Oh my God. The golden rule. So golden rule. Yeah, they they uh. So it's this fish market. Well, it started as a fish market. It's been down in, um, is it Pine, Palmetto Bay or Pine Palmetto Coast? Bay area, Palmetto yeah. Bay. Yeah, they've been down there since 1943. Like, there's not a lot of things that have been running continuously since nope. since 1943 in Miami. And um, and over the years, it kind of segued into, like, it had become family-owned. Um, and uh, I think in the last few years, yeah, there's, there's the owner. That's uh, uh, Walter Flores. Um, that's the current owner, although his, his daughter is the one that's like the operations person today, Courtney. And, uh, and they built this really cool tiki hut in the back, which I have to admit, I have not been to, I've only seen it, uh, but people love going there, especially during COVID, like where you couldn't be indoors and, and, um, and people were really looking for places to eat outdoors. They have this great tiki hut. And, um, and of course, 4th of July foolishness. <laughs> somebody's somebody's firework ended up in that tiki hut which is like it's nothing but dried palm leaves <laughs> cyp cypress uh poles dried cypress poles it's just um like it's flammable just material yeah. waiting to combust it's just kindling you know yep basically and and it was like i mean i think only and had some videos that they shared from other folks who were around uh who, who went to see it and it was like it was an inferno, man. But but the building itself was not touched at all. Like I think the Tiki Hut was uh, was just far enough away, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, give it up to the to Miami Dade firefighters. Like they, they must have gotten there right on time. Yeah, they saved that building. That building was not touched at all, and they were like in business the next day, and people were showing mm -hmm. up buying fish, and you know. But now they have to kind of like um, they have to audible and they have to do inside seating, which they mm -hmm. have not they had not had, but. Um, so that's, it, it was a shame. It was a shame. And it's like, of course, it's fireworks, you know? Yeah, of course. When when you were writing the story, we, we still were kind of the the, <laughs> the, cause the cause was still up in the air. But we were like, yeah, around the 4th of July, we know, we know Dum Dums in Miami. Yeah. And it was Miami's like been the, in Miami. And by the, like, by the end of the day, uh, uh, my co-writer around that story, uh, uh, Gretel, who uh, she just, she, she got a call and she was like, yeah, it was definitely fireworks. Like, <laughs> of course it was. We course all, it was. It's, it's what we all thought it was. But uh, but good for them. Good for them. Yeah, to, no, good, uh, for, good thing for, we've saved a Miami institution. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have so few of them, and it's funny that that building, uh, they actually worry, waited out Hurricane Andrew there. Um, and I said, uh, you know, oh, so you know, it must be like a, you know, it was like a real sturdy fortress, and they were like, no, it was terrifying. <laughs> it was terrifying. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, they they were closed for a couple of weeks fixing it, but so they were inside. So Courtney, Courtney Reeder, uh, and her parents, Pam Mullins and Walter Flores, uh, like, and then she has, uh, she has aunts and uncles and brothers, uh, who are all commercial fishermen. So, uh, so I guess some collection of them, she was 12 years old and she's inside, they're waiting out the storm inside that building. So that building has now survived fire, survived hurricanes, you know, that's, uh, 
so yeah I'm, I'm well did were they inside that building with a bunch of fish is that what, is that what i guess <laughs> what I happened guess. when the electricity went out oh start eating the fish i'm Sushi. just saying they they had to, they had to like really like they start a really fish hustle. fry right right out the gate for sure i bet you that would be that would have been a smart thing to do I'm, I, I would be surprised if they didn't do that we have to go back and read some of those archives well, another Miami institution that things are changing around. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to this place, but it's another place down south. It's called Wagons West. Mm-hmm. It is basically like the essential like greasy spoon diner. It's basically like Mel's Diner, you know, yep. except for more like cowboy stuff around it, you know. Yeah. And um, that place has been owned by the same guys for like 40 years. And now they are ready to retire. So now it's up for sale. And uh, Maddie Marr interviewed the owner, Wally, and Wally was just like, yeah, I'm ready to go. But I'm looking for that person who's going to keep Wagons West, Wagons Westy. Like he right. wants it to, he wants to continue the tradition of, you know, fluffy pancakes and big burgers in a dark, dark Western saloon type in of vibe. Because like, saloon. you know, like everybody who lives down here, you, you everybody has their favorite bre- breakfast place. If I was going to go to a diner, like a diner like that, I would probably go to the muffin tin or um or the tin muffin, I think it's called. It's 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 another one of those like plaza pancake places. Um but or but we found Deli Lane and so we like we we have a really good experience with Deli Lane and we like right. that place because uh the six dollar mimosas and we have a waitress that we just love. And right. so like once you get that kind of a once you get that kind of a plug at a at a local place, you don't ever deviate. Right. Um, but Wagons West is the kind of place that has that kind of a they have that kind of a following. People wait hours outside to go into this tiny little diner to get pancakes and burgers and stuff. Yeah. Like it's it's a real it's a real hot spot for locals. And now it's up for sale. So if anybody wants to own it, now's the time. Now's the time. They'll I, own a I piece don't, of I of really don't think that history. The, like those that that formula is pretty easy to continue i think i mean mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's very simple food diner food you know short order type of type of food like they could totally do it but like i don't know you have to find the right person that wants that's the yeah. that's the the thing that they i think it's continue. another it's wanna... another like cafe abracci thing i think people are there because they like the owner and the, they like the vibe he brings to it so you'd have yeah. to find the care like a charismatic dude that's gonna like kind of bring the same thing to the table and like make everybody welcome and make you feel cool for hanging out in this, you know, Western themed diner in the middle of Florida. So yeah, no, it's up for sale and you can own it. I, I always get that one uh, and the chuck wagon mixed up. You ever been in the chuck well, wagon? <laughs> well, the truth of the matter is, is that he was trying to kind of summon the chuck wagon vibe with the name <laughs> without mm-hmm. without uh-huh. crossing into legal legal issues with it mm-hmm. so yeah sense. wagons west was his take on like you know his, his, it was his homage to chuck wagon exactly right. right and that's and again there's nothing complicated about those plays that those are those are imagine like locally owned cracker barrels without the little kitschy store out front that's it's like in, in detroit well we we have what we call coney islands and Coney Islands are just burger spots that like some dude owns and they just call it somebody's Coney Island. I don't think there's a franchising fee. I don't think it's oh, just that's like so funny. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a burger spot. Burgers and dogs. That's what you get there. And like the food is usually bad, but it's there and some guy owns it and you're just hanging out with your friends. So you go to Coney Island, get your get yourself a burger or a dog. 
how far are you and your family from opening in Amy's in Amy's Coney Island near the North <laughs> up in up in Michigan? That's a great idea. Like just down the street. Like that uh, is call a great it, idea. Call it Dorothy's Coney Island. Coney and Island. Then, <laughs> and then you have the Dorothy, and it's all that they all play off each other. I'm telling you, that's genius. That's and I, I can handle burgers and dogs. Like that's not a problem. You know no, what I'm no, saying? No, no, but you can't be. The, are you going to go do it? Are you going to go? Be no, the, no, I'm the, not. But I can handle like chef? emotionally. I can handle a right. menu that consists of like four things. Right, right, and it's it, there has to be something for you there to eat. Oh, speaking of Detroit, uh, so Burger Beast does this. He, I think it's almost annual where he does this tour. Like he and his wife get in the car, and they drive around the country eating at different comfort food spots. And he went to Buddy's Pizza. And I think he said that it was like the pizza was amazing. I have to find his Instagram post or something. Like that. But he said that the pizza was like fantastic. And I, yeah. and I was like, wow, Amy is Amy is is, uh, is validated. She's justified here. I know. I'm, I'm saying Buddy's is dope. Like I, I can't I can't. I can't convert people to to loving buddies because I do feel like it might be one of those like acquired tastes. But the fact that Burger Beast likes it, because when I first brought my husband to, to Michigan and I was like, try the bounty that is buddies. He was like, what? <laughs> yeah, but not- Latin people, Latin people don't get down with pizza necessarily all that much. Like, I don't know. I I mean, maybe that's just a gut thing because like my mom, like. I, I it's, remember, not like, somebody, it's not food. It's not food, you guys. Exactly. Cuban moms will say eso no es comida. Eso no es comida. Yeah. Eso no es comida. Que pizza ni pizza. Eso no es comida. There's, there it there's, is. There's Buddy's pizza. I oh man. I can't say that that looks. Uh, all right. It is what it is. Have to take it's a look good. on the screen. And it's, it's, it's good. It's good. Don't be a I hater. See very, I see very cheesy. I see crusty edges. Yeah, it's uh, like the, nice the crust is really thick and greasy. Like it's thick and it's greasy, like on an internal level, not even on the yeah. outside. It's like greasy through it throughout the whole thing. It's just like a big greasy focaccia with cheese and 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 mm. good tomato sauce. It's it's the bomb. You need to come I, I, to Michigan. Well, I will say it reminds me a little bit of uh, Pequod's Pizza, the one up in um in Chicago that I had a couple weeks ago. Uh, and it's one of those places I like I like try to go to when I'm in Chicago, just because it's it's not necessarily. De- like deep dish where they make it like where it's like a it's like a pie it's like a meat pie meat and cheese pie it's more of just like a thick bread right pizza yeah. and the edges are kind of cheesy and crusty you what know, would be the most pans. miami equivalent of that for you is there a miami equivalent of of that kind of pizza there's a couple places that are starting to do it like i see there's a place called um like vice pizza that's doing it uh, oh old, the one over here in kendall yeah i have not been in that old i haven't Greg's. been to it yet either Old Greg's does do that. I mean, Frankie's Pizza. Like, Frankie's Pizza is like, I would put that and Buddy's Pizza in the same category. Like, that old school square pie uh, baked in a, in a, in a, um, in a tin, you know, not in a tin, but like in a pan, you know, like a pan pizza. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the, I mean, we have those places. Just, uh, you know, it's just, it's just things come in cycles, you know. People yeah, get yeah, excited all about it. Like, all of a sudden, the square pizza. And like, uh, I think... Uh, Jeremiah, that, that Chef Jeremiah has one in um, in Time Out Market. It's like a de- and that's supposed to be a Detroit style pizza. Oh, okay. As well too. So Ooh, well, then I'm gonna go with Connie when she revisits Time Out Market. So I yeah, yeah, for it. sure. We're gonna we're gonna hit all of that. So oh, speaking of pizza, pizza, we have just gotten the most validating the most validating ranking in the world regarding Miami's pizza. So What's there the is an Italian. There's an Italian. Um, there's just like a list they did they did this list in um italy let me find the name of the company that did it because it is amazing that 
we could have any. It's okay. So it's 50, 50 top pizza and Italian pizza guide to the best pies on the planet. They released their 2022 list of the top 50 pizzas in the U.S. Okay. And honor with three Miami Dade pizzerias. Okay. I don't even know how to. I don't know how to pronounce this first one. O Monsiello. O Monsiello. O Monsiello is that one. I mean, people love. People swear by that place as like their favorite pizza spot in Miami. So like, that that is not a surprise. Um, I then see Stanzioni eighty seven. Yeah, Stanzioni makes makes a, a like a nice Neapolitan style pie. You know, they have a. Uh, a little spot there, right off of. Uh, I mean, do you stop calling it Gaiocho there when it when it crosses into into Brickle? But it's basically right right on eight, Southwest A Street uh, when you cross into Brickle. Um, and what's and the then other? La Leyenda, La Leyenda Pizzeria in Miami Beach. Yeah, uh, that that had a high ranking. Was that is that number eight? Is that what I'm reading? Wait, I'm reading that right? It's um no, that's low. No. That's low on the list. No, no, number five was. Um, Monacielo, and then number 34 was 87. Um, Stanzioni. Stanzioni, and then La Leyenda is she has it as eight. Maybe she okay. maybe she wrote it wrong, but okay. yeah, no, they yeah, she has it at eight. I mean, people, so those, people try to hate on Miami pizza, but but Miami has a lot of good pizza and not just um, not just one style, like lots of different styles because we're such a like we're such a hub for for uh Latin America and Europe and. That, that I think we get lots of different pizza styles here, you know? Well, if you read Connie's story, all three of those places are Napolitano kind of pizza and all of the owners are like from Italy, you know? So it's like right. they're doing they're doing things a very traditional way that isn't necessarily the like New York style or Detroit style. <laughs> like they're doing things the way that, that Italians in Italy would probably appreciate pizza. Right. And I and I think I think we see that more than we do like what you would call New York, New York style pizza. I think we see more of like because we have so many Italians that that visit and and live and live part time in uh, in South Florida. So we I think we see a lot more Neapolitan style and Roman style pizza and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, you know we got our own thing. We got our yeah, own we thing do. We're we're crushing. We're crushing yeah. in all aspects. Yeah. Um, so there was another we had another couple of closings and stuff going on um the wood tavern right that that announcement was closing while i was off and yeah I, connie wrote that like wood tavern and las rosas which are owned by the same guy right right um, so he had wood tavern inside of his other venue called what's it called pizza and pizza and beer i think pizza and beer and so like those wood tavern closed. closed like the original wood tavern closed in last year 2021 like something they, like that yeah, like during the pandemic, they closed the original Wood Tavern, um, and there's there's a picture of it, uh, and it was like this real, it was this real quiet bar in Wynwood. It was one of those original places um, that that brought people to Wynwood, and by people I mean like locals. There was no long lines. There was no velvet rope. You went in. You could buy you know a two dollar beer. Uh, they had dollar tacos in the in the big backyard where they had kind of like. Um, like stadium seating, you know, kind of like wood benches. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like just a cool place to hang out in an area where there weren't tourists taking selfies in front of everything, you know. Um, but then Wynwood changed, you know, Wynwood kind of, uh, it became much more popular and it became popularized and, you know, uh, maybe gentrified, you know. And, uh, and there was less of an appetite for locals to go there to begin with. So there was less an appetite for places that were really just for locals so i know that they closed uh and then they he tried to open in that other venue of his 
but yeah, it was like I, a huge it was like a huge spot and he yeah. couldn't he couldn't sublease part of it and it didn't work out for them which is too bad right and the, the thing that i've been getting the most feedback from in the newsroom is everybody was really sad about las rosas closing closing which was a venue in in alapata yeah and it was and another it, victim it's like it was one of those where you crossed right under i-95 you know i-95 uh well traditionally it split overtown in half and like killed overtown uh early on for a while uh now it's obviously making a huge comeback and it's in it's even in the popular zeitgeist you know now but but so it kind of split overtown um and then and on either side of i-95 you have alapata and you had winwood on this side so if you went just under uh uh, I-95, you had Las Rosas almost almost on the corner. Like you went one block and it was right there on the corner. And um, and it's like where the Wynwood people went to when Wynwood started to get, you know, stupid. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say I went once. I went once. We parked on this. Like there was no parking on the street. There was one spot and like next to us was a car on blocks. <laughs> and, uh, my, and my... My girlfriend now fiance, we looked at each other and we're like, nah, I don't think so. No, nah, we're good. We're good. Nah, let's go. Yeah. Let's go back to Flagami. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm a little too old for this. I'm a little I, I like just the fact that I see that and I make these these uh judge calculations. Yeah, the connections, like, yeah. I was like, this ain't for me. Uh, mm-hmm. but uh but it was it was a favorite of the of the uh 30, the 32 and below. The youngs liked uh, it. The youngs liked it, man. Uh, yeah. and, and you know what? Any place that is uh, and, and the reason it closed, right, is because uh, some big company bought, like, a, a couple blocks of it, right? Well, it, it, the story that Connie wrote, kind of, the, the owner was pretty forthcoming about his financial um, yeah. miscalculations. Like, he he just said that he was over leveraged and he had, a, um, he had to cut his losses. He's keeping two properties open. He has another two, um, another two restaurants still open. I think it's a... Oh, one in Alapata, right? Yeah, it's he has that, the other that. one in Alapata that's got a weird name. I can't remember it off the top of my head. And then he's got a mojito, a place called like Mojito Bar or something. And right. he's keeping that's in Winwood. He, he's keeping both of those because they're they're still they're still producing well. But the other three properties, he he was just overextended. And so um, I think I think it was just one of those things where he just couldn't keep his <laughs> couldn't keep his money right. And he right, was right. you know he was pretty he was pretty on, honest about it. So. The the place in in Alapata is uh, Tyrona, T A Y R O N R R O N A. Right, I mean, right. I have a bad name to have Rona in the name now, but I, mean, I know it's very but, very but that's, unfortunate. That's a real popular spot because it's kind of like it, it's got it's a, it was a big outdoor area, um, and it's got like a if I remember correctly, it's got kind of like a Venezuelan uh, feel to it, right? Like they have like like arepas and things like that, and it's and it's kind of like a hangout spot. Um, so I'm I'm glad to hear. Oh no, Mentira, it's a it's Colombian. Right. Well, he he just um, since he op- he closed everything so suddenly, we got a lot of feedback. Like a lot of yeah. un- unhappy employees were <laughs> yeah. reaching out to us. And it's so, like, like but, usually but when what are you what are you gonna say, man? Like he's worse off the employees. They can get a new job. Like he lost his whole thing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that, no, I was gonna rough. say like if when that type of thing happens, it's usually because he, you tried to hold on as long as you could. Yeah. And you just can't. Yeah, at one point you're just like, oh, I can't make the payment this month, so I guess I that's going to be it. I guess that's well, that. R.I.P. to Las Rosas. Pour one out for Las Rosas and pour one out for um, for Wood Tavern. Mm-hmm. The, the second Wood Tavern. The second out. coming of Wood Tavern. Yeah. yeah. So, well, that's too bad. Um, 
you know what I was, uh, uh, this is something we were talking about with, you know, different areas kind of being activated, right? Um, like, we're obviously, Alapata is becoming a spot. They've been trying to make Espanola Way a thing again for a while. Like, they they have a new hotel there, the Esme, and they've had a couple food concepts come in. And I'm not sure what it's going to take, but that, that area is still, it's still, it's for tourists. I don't know what it's going to take to get locals there. I don't, I think that the, the ecosystem around it isn't quite ready. Yet it's not conducive yet. Yeah, it's not yeah. conducive. I think I, you know they they've tried. They had um oh god, what was that uh the pop up that Ben Me? They had that ben place me. and that place is good. It's just I guess it just wasn't sustainable because that place opened and closed like in about nine months. And um, people are still saying good things about Tropezón, which you know sounds like a nice place to go, but it's the it's very small. Bar, right? Yeah. yeah. And that that restaurant around the corner, uh, what's it called? Pani Vino or something like that? Pani Vino, right. Uh, Connie went and she really liked it. Yeah. Connie went recently because they keep on winning like all these awards. Like people keep voting for them as like the best, you know, casual dining or the best, you know, local Italian restaurant. And she went and she had a good experience. She said that the place was legit. And so uh, they, what they're doing something right. Obviously, they're doing something right because they're they the owners said to her that they even have repeat customers that are tourists like so if you're a tourist and you're coming back to a location and then you're going back to a, a, a dining you know dining venue, that means that you associate that with the better part of your trip. So I think they need to create that kind of they need to replicate that kind of a vibe on the street. That's it. Yeah, it, it's tough because Washington uh, the street that it that it runs into really is that 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 corner of Washington and Española Way, that's the entrance kind of of it. Um, Washington is has been kind of this frozen in time uh, because those developers have been holding on the property stuff hasn't been totally redeveloped there. Um, that street, I mean, for all the attention that South Beach gets, like that one street, that especially that stretch, really hasn't had a lot of redevelopment and such. So they they haven't given locals a reason to go there. So thus, what you get is the tourists that go in. It's like the kind of places tourists are going to go to, you know, right. places that are going to get, get visited one time, you know. Right. And and that that I don't think is always a, a great recipe for. Um, for well, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for you know? Española Way. I'm rooting for like Española Way just because <clears throat> it's a good alternative to like Lincoln Road or or Ocean Drive. Like you know, if you wanted to be in South Beach, like it seems like a a good alternative. But like I said, that like, like we've said that the dining situation is. It's it's tough. It's tough. It's it's tough there right now. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. I mean, if that, I I think I think there needs to be. It, it hasn't reached anywhere close to a tipping point yet. I think it's going to have to get to a point where they start redeveloping Washington, and then we'll and then we'll see kind of what happens there. Um, what we do have coming pretty soon is Miami Spice, which we really haven't done in two years. Right? Yeah. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, no, it's been tough. The uh, Miami Spice was like, it was one of those those promotions that would always just kind of like save the ecosystem. You know, everybody would get really excited. Everybody I know would be like, "Oh, where are we gonna where are we gonna go?" We would make a like a whole schedule, and then after COVID, and then the year after COVID, it's just been tough. So now it's back. And everybody's popping out their you know their three course menus for lunch and for dinner. The prices are the same this year, right? Yeah, I haven't looked at all the details yet. What I what I did is I counted the restaurants, and I guess the they've told me that the final restaurant number has like there are other restaurants joining, but the last 
last I checked, it was 87 restaurants. And <clears> the last time they really did it full, full on, it was 243. Yeah. So that's a big difference. I mean, uh, again, it's still early. They haven't, you know, they, they said they haven't, they're adding new restaurants and such uh, that are offering it. But I think maybe, I think maybe it's going to say something about, you know, where we are economically. Um, right. Because, I, I mean, although COVID was a killer for a lot of restaurants, um, you know, not to, not to downplay it and even use that word, but, but because it, it really put a, a damper on a lot of restaurants that closed, they forced restaurants to close. Because South Florida was open, because Miami was open, like places last summer were busier than they had been maybe ever in the summer. Like they were like restaurants were like, I can't believe how busy it is. And this summer, it's already not like that. I think I mentioned to you that I was in the Grove and it was just, it was bad. Well, when, when we had Michael Schwartz, yeah, when, when we were talking about Michael Schwartz <laughs> and he was down there too, totally. It was totally like you could just walk down the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that Miami Spice is going to be important again. Uh, for those people just to encourage people to keep coming to the restaurant and keep them in the habit of coming to restaurants, you know? Right. Well, it's always a really good opportunity to to try places that you think are outside of your price range. Mm-hmm. And it's also a chance to like, you know, to to just explore things on the menu that you might not, you know, you might not have tried had you not gone. But you just got to remember, if you're going to do Miami Spice, make sure you go with people who are doing Miami Spice or else you kind of defeat the purpose. Because right. everybody, everybody has to be on the same page. Right. Yeah. And that, when and it comes time to too. split that bill, you got to You got to all be on the same page. No, I mean, but that's that's in general, man. Like, you and have don't go to, with people the, who are going to. Yeah, don't go with people who are going to get the upgrade. Like, I want the lobster upgrade. No, we're here for Miami Spice. Stop being extra. Right. right. No, but I, I actually respect that much that more than the person who's like, well, I didn't have y'all ordered that appetizer and I didn't eat a piece from that, you know, and that I, I, the hardest thing to do is find people that you're compatible with, to travel with, to yeah. go to restaurants with, like, that's really the hardest challenge because. Yeah, I think Miami really... Spice is a good, is a good first step. You can see how do they behave in the wild when, when you have to order dinner, because I don't like to go out. I don't like to go out to dine with big groups. Cause I never, like you always get screwed. Like never. there's, yeah, it's never good. I, I never like that to me is not, is not the best venue for hanging out with big groups of people everybody's sitting down you know the 12th person is on the under uh, the other end of the table you know that's never that to me is not a it's not a great venue for that you know um it's it's like it's nice to just have a small group somebody you want to catch up with you know and you want to have a quiet conversation with i mean that's how it is for me personally that's what i like going to restaurants well, my two, my the two places are on my <clears throat> out the gate on my Miami Spice list is I'm going to La Petite Maison because okay. I love their ratatouille and it is on the menu and I, I I could eat their ratatouille like all day long. It's just so good. And then um, I want to go to that place, the Korean barbecue place. Is it called Cote or it's Cote Cote? It's got like a little tilde on the e. Okay. I've, I've heard people call it Cote and Cote. I think it's Cote. I'm going to call it that place over there. I'm going to go to that place over there with the Korean barbecue because yes. I wanted to try that place since since the jump, but I just haven't had an opportunity to. And so Miami Spice might be it. And like like meats are their thing, too. Like that's their their 
uh, it's a smorgasbord of, of different meats and, and how they cook it in. So I think that that's, you know, and that's what you, what you mentioned. That's the beauty of Miami Spice is that you can try places sometimes that are out of your, maybe out of your pricing. So like you can really get a taste for places like that and decide whether in the future you want to really go all out. Yeah, like should we a, go really hard here next time? Right, like did you go and were like, this place was so amazing. I want to come back here and really go all out here. I think that's what it's the best, what's best for is kind of wetting your appetite, so to speak, for those different. Yeah, it's like speed spots. dating restaurants. Oh, I like that. I like that. First course over, second course. Move okay, on. let's move on. We're good. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Um, and um, speaking of Korean barbecue, didn't, you, didn't um, I read that um, two Korean girls are opening a brick and mortar? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yes. They, they opened a brick and mortar in, um, oh my God, which hotel was it? I think it was the Shelbourne. Oh, that's oh my right. God. Yep. The Shelbourne. Yeah. Oh my God. Yep. Carlos. Remember when we were in Doral and the only, one of the greatest things about being in Doral, not the only, the greatest thing about being in Doral was Bistro Bulgogi and their right. bibimbap. And I didn't know what that was until Evan Ben took me there. And, um, it changed my life and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right because Connie interviewed these, uh, these women who um, run two Korean girls and they pronounce it differently, but I'm just going to pronounce it the white girl way bibimbap. Anyway, bibimbap is my jam. I love it. It's delicious. After, after we left Doral because of the, um, the COVIDs I had and Kendall, there is no bibimbap to be found. Like there's no place where I could go and, and satisfy that craving. So when two Korean girls opened up during the pandemic, they were delivering everywhere. It was it was insane. I was like, they don't realize that I live in Kendall. And I would order from them all the time because I think they were up in the Grove. I was like, they must not know that I am like a, a solid 10 miles away from them. So I would order uh, Uber Eats, two Korean girls all the time. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, it's gone. What happened to it? Oh, they would cancel it? No, it just it, it wasn't it wasn't available for me. Oh, it wasn't like, you know how you have, you have right, your, right. Yeah, you have your address in there, and they're like, no, no, they don't come to you. And I remember my husband went to um, South Korea for the the World Cup back in okay. what 2004. Okay. And whenever I would bring this, he would be like, oh my god, this is just like the food I would have out, outside the hotel at, in South Korea. Their bibimbap is the jam, and so oh, now they so have great. a brick and mortar, and I'm gonna have to figure out. I'm gonna have to leave candle to get some of that. It's yeah. going to be unfortunate, but it's that good. Um, that Well, that I think if you go back five years, you had like maybe three places where you could get Korean food in general in Miami, like that, that, that was a close approximation. And now I think like there's so much more, well, like you said, the Cote is, uh, uh, they, they have a Michelin star, right? Didn't yeah. They, yeah. Didn't they get them? Yeah. I mean, they got a Michelin star. That's a big. That's a big difference in five years from having like one little corner spot to having a, a, a Korean barbecue place that's got a Michelin star in yeah, a very short no, time. That, so that's a uh, that's a different level. However, yeah. I would rather have my bibimbap. Well, <laughs> I want yeah. that stuff. Yeah. That 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 to me is like the perfect meal. That is the, yeah, the world's perfect meal. It can be both, right? It's just the bowl and the white rice and everything piled on top of it, and all the sauces dripping into it. Oh, man. Oh, my God. That's so good. We should go back um, to Doral just for that. Yeah, like those are that's the kind of thing where you just see pictures of it. Uh, oh, we got a picture of two Korean oh, girls' menu up there. Yeah, Look and at it's all just the like, stuff. Yeah, the spices. 
And it's like, I think that plays into like South Florida culture pretty well because Latin food, although we don't necessarily like, although Latins don't necessarily like spicy food, uh, Latins when I say Caribbeans and I take that back. Uh, the Cubans that I grew up with. Well, Dominicans you know, don't, don't like spicy food either. Dominicans like I mean, like Haitians no. do like their spicy food and Jamaicans do. do like their spicy food. Um, like Dominicans, for Dominicans so to eat something spicy, it's like an event. Like we're going to go eat this spicy goat dish, you know? But it's right. not like, oh, I'm going to put this. And, and like they'll put some Tabasco on on their Sancocho like sometimes, but it's it's usually not. No, they don't like spicy. Dominicans don't like spicy. Yeah, no, but but I think what they do, uh, what they do uh, appeals to an audience that does like spicy that's down here that does have Latin, like strong Latin flavors um, and then and then the heat. So I, I like it. I love it. I love that that it's kind of opening the door to that. Um, and speaking of like stuff that looks beautiful and, and you want to wrap your eyes around. Uh, so there's this there's this company that I, I think the, the best word that we came up with them was to call them food influencers. Uh, it's Miami Fruit. Miami Fruit has this, um, I think it's like this this local guy uh, and who started basically growing, um, started growing tropical fruit and sending it out of Miami and like selling it for like out of Miami oh, you mean prices. The, no, no, no. They're fruit influencers. Fruit That's influencers. What, they what did I say? Fruit fruit influencer. Fruit. You said, no, anybody can be a food influencer. They are specifically fruit influencers. Yes. Fruit influencers. I want to yeah. say. And like people were going crazy because they were selling a box of mamoncillos for $117 for delivery. And, and somebody like, in Wisconsin was like, yeah, I want yeah, that. Well, that's the thing. People in Wisconsin and New York and, <laughs> and places outside of South Florida were like, yes, you know, give Please us that. Send me that. And everybody in South Florida was like, I can get a bag of mamoncillos for $3 at the corner in Hialeah. And we're, we're outraged. But it's like, you know, it's not. It's not for you, man. Like, we got it. Like, we can get, like, I can go to the corner right now. I can go to Lo Pinareño right there on yeah. A Street and just and hook up all the. Oh, man, the, I saw it. he was selling a box of mangoes for, like, 89 bucks. Dude. And I was like, dang, all my mangoes rotted on the patio. <laughs> yeah, it's like I had more mangoes than I could eat. And even, even yeah. this year where, they, where it was supposed to be, like, a low crop of mangoes, I still, every year, get all the mangoes that I can eat. But you know something, so. Carlos? At the end of the day, the truth of the matter is, People who live outside of Florida, they don't they don't enjoy the bounty that we take for granted. Like I hadn't I hadn't seen a mango in person until I moved to the Dominican Republic. So like there's people maybe, you know, people who live in, you know, mid the Midwest or in other parts of the country who are from, you know, tropical areas. And they're like, yes, I need some mamoncillo that bad that I will pay money for it. I'll pay right. premium, premium. Send it to me now. Right. No, I mean, we're spoiled. We're spoiled by that, that we have all the tropical fruit that we can that we can want. But but I'm, I am interested about those folks and how they they kind of grabbed everybody's attention. So well, go meet uh, those fruit influencers. They sure do make uh, everything look pretty on the gram. They sure or, do. I'm going to, you know, I'm they gonna... all their fruit looks so good. I want to buy it, too. I just don't want to pay one hundred and seventeen dollars for a box. I'm almost you. And you don't have to. Don't have to. <laughs> no. Amy, I think and I feel like maybe that's a show. Yeah, we have reached peak food. We have reached peak food. Uh, I'm gonna go find out about those food, in, those fruit influencers. Fruit influencers. And I'm uh, gonna go prepare my white girl stomach for my insider secret foodie influencer dinner tonight. Super double secret probation burger club. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to burger club. I will see you there tonight.